You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste. I am Manuela Spinelli, standing in for your usual host, Sharon Noonan. And tonight, we're coming to you from the recent Food on the Edge Symposium in Galway. What is Food on the Edge, you ask? Well, it's a boutique food congress that started last year by Michelin star chef JP McMahon, who might be familiar to you in his mental role on TV's Taste of Success program, which is currently airing on RTE. And he also writes for the Irish Times, amongst many other things. Well, JP is responsible for bringing many of the world's best and most inspirational chefs and food enthusiasts to Galway. And I was lucky enough to meet loads of people over the few days, including some amazing women working behind the scenes. Dragon Gaffey, Head of Operations, Ruth Hegarty of Egg and Chicken Project, and part of the Food on the Edge team, and co-founder of the Foodie Forum, Jacinta Dalton, who is a lecturer at GMIT. I also spoke to Chef James Devine from the Michelin star Epic in Belfast to find out what his highlights were during Food on the Edge. First of all, let me tell you how to get in touch with Best Possible Taste. You can drop an email to the usual address s.noonan at live.ie or you can tweet Sharon at Queen of Org, as in Queen of Organization. And I'd love to hear your comments on tonight's show. In the meantime, let's move on to hear my chat with Regine Gaffey. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Congratulations, Regine. Amazing achievement for you and your team. Can you just explain to me a little bit more what your role is in Food on the Edge? Okay, so basically I am head of operations. So I kind of oversee everything that's going on. And um, basically I'm the last person that people go to for any kind of logistical concerns. So nothing really gets past me. Jamal is completely in charge of who is invited. It's up to him to get the speakers, and he's the one who has the personal connection with them, and he invites them, so that's his main role, is to get the speakers here. Some of them would be recommended to him by other speakers, and then he would um, you know, invite them without, without knowing them personally. And some of them he would just might have some interaction on Twitter. Um, then the rest of us kind of come in after that point. So, as you say, the creative side. Now, as well as that, the programme itself... He is in complete control of how the programme is, how many speakers will speak, when they speak, and all of that kind of things. So he, like, you know, the panel discussions were his idea again. So that's his area, is the overarching creative idea. And then there's a big team who kind of follow in after that point. Is there anybody that you're particularly excited to see here and that feels like, you know, a great achievement to have brought to Ireland? Yes, we're particularly excited to have Massimo Batora here as he was named world's best um, chef this year and um, we were amazed that he actually said yes and we're delighted to have him so I'm very excited to meet him tomorrow Um, he's just flying in he's going to be here only for a few hours but still we're just absolutely delighted to have him and everyone's very excited to see him tomorrow 
Yeah, a few a few hours of Massimo, I think, is, is worth <laughs> it's worth it. Anyway, and he, he has a lot of followers. He moves a lot of. There's a lot of movement uh, when, yes. whenever he moves, whenever he speaks. So it's fantastic. It's a fantastic opportunity. And when we announced us. that he was speaking on the Tuesday, then the Tuesday's day sales went up. So that was just shows the popularity of them. Yeah, absolutely. I've noticed that this year as well. There's been there's definitely a bigger presence of female speakers which is it's always welcomed I think yes I mean it's very challenging to get females to speak so it was great that we had so many more this year I mean we did approach an awful lot more and they said no and I think that is a challenge to us in the industry and hopefully we'll have more again next year fantastic and could you see this growing even more that it has already grown could you see it um, moving around Ireland uh, how do you see this project developing I think there are lots of potentials for it to grow in lots of different ways. We all have good ideas as to where it could go, but I don't think it's ever going to be the same. Like We won't probably come back here again next year, we'll go somewhere else. Like last year we were in the Spiegel tent and we're probably looking already at places more interesting and intriguing places that we can bring it. So I do think it will move around and I don't think it will necessarily always stay in Galway City. Yeah, and that's... I mean, that's part of, um, you know, what we are here to discuss the future of food. And it's kind of, if everything is evolving, it's only fair that even this symposium should be evolving in time Absolutely. and grow and, and, and see different aspects. And I think, you know, it, it has grown from last year. So we have more producers, we have more speakers, you know, we have panel discussions. So we're, we're trying to do things differently. We're bringing the speakers out on a very interesting programme over two days as well. And we have a lot more of them engaging with that, which is fantastic. You know, we have more media, we have more sponsors. So everything is growing. So it's just up to us then to see how we can challenge the symposium and how, where we can take it next year. Yeah, we've heard from uh, Jacinta. She spoke to us about the Artisan Village and then we heard from Ruth uh, all members of your team who spoke to us about the program that the chefs will, yes. uh, the entertainment program for the next few days, it's absolutely fantastic. I'm I very mean, excited. Yeah, it. it's incredible. I mean, you couldn't, uh, you know, you couldn't get it. If you, it's 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 really interesting. Before we leave you, what impact has this had on your private life? <laughs> Has this taken over your life? <laughs> that is a very big question to ask. I don't think it has had much um, made any difference really to us because I think, um, you know, ever since we opened the restaurants, um, it's been very challenging to ha- because chefs work late at night and we own our own business. So there's always been big challenges um, about trying to balance time, work, family life. I don't think Food on the Edge added anything different to the dynamic of our lives. I think, you know, it just, we had three restaurants before we opened up, before we started Food on the Edge. Um, and getting the Mitchell Saren and Nier, I think, changed our lives a lot. But I don't think that Food on the Edge, per se, changed it anymore after that, if you know Yeah. Is there anything that uh, JP is particularly is already brewing? Is he already brewing other ideas? Can you give us a, a sneak peek? Well, he has at least <laughs> at least ten different ideas brewing. <laughs> he always has ideas brewing. So well, if there's one woman who can multitask, that's that's <laughs> certainly you. Thank you so much for okay. speaking to us. Thank you. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleiter. Great to talk to Drigin, and if you're wondering who John Paul is, 
It is, of course, J.P. McMahon. Till to come tonight, co-founder of the Foodie Forum and GMIT lecturer Jacinta Dalton will explain what goes on behind the scene in terms of catering at Food on the Edge. And finally, at the end of the program, Chef James Devine will share his highlights from being there on day one. You heard me saying to Dregin that I had talked to some of her team members, and I know one of them very well, so it was great to catch up with Ruth Egerty of Egg and Chicken Projects. Ruth is part of the inspiration team headed by Dregin, and she was very excited to see the event come to fruition after a year of hard work and sure being styled by the Tweet Project was an added bonus. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Ruth Egerty from Egg and Chicken, you're part of the Food on the Edge team. Talk to us about your experience. Okay, well, um, I suppose it's just great that it's all happening now and we're in the middle of it. It's, it's really exciting. Like, it's great to be part of Food on the Edge. Definitely, there's been plenty of stress and tension over the last few weeks I'd say the last couple of weeks in particular um yeah look there's you know there's a whole lot going on behind the scenes I suppose that that everyone doesn't see um and this for us is really a week long event you know we had our speakers arriving I suppose over Saturday and Sunday we had a welcome dinner for them in in Cava last night Sunday um and the two-day symposium and then we have our two-day culinary excursion for our speakers so um we're going to have a lot of them here right through until Thursday night Friday morning which is absolutely amazing you know we've got these chefs coming from all over the world who've given up five days maybe six days to be here to spend time in Ireland and to experience what we have to offer in terms of food and hospitality so it's it's really exciting but it's challenging and it's a lot of work <laughs> but a lot of satisfaction as well can you tell us a little bit more about the program that the chefs will follow after the two-day symposium what are they going to see where are they going what is expected what is organized for them yeah brilliant so um we're basically taking them to experience ireland's wild atlantic way um and also kong food village and ashford castle so we'll start off um on wednesday morning we're visiting gannet fishmongers who are a really amazing fishmongers in galway who supply most of the top chefs in the west of ireland Um, and they're going to really talk about fish that comes yeah, it's fish from the edge basically so fish from just that is it's landed on the wild Atlantic way um, and then we head out to Uchtarar to visit McGill's butchers and taste their kind of Irish charcuterie their air dried meats um, and on out through a beautiful beautiful drive out through Connemara and up through the Isle of Valley and then we're going to Killery Fjord shellfish where we're going to have beautiful wild Atlantic shellfish mussels and clams and, and cockles and everything for, for lunch right down on the shore of Killery Fjord, Ireland's only fjord. Um, and then we're going on to Linan where we'll visit Bernard King for his organic um, Connemara Mountain Lamb. And we'll finish up in the evening welcoming the group into Ashford Castle for a welcome drink and then down to the lodge at Ashford for a beautiful buffet dinner of Mayo and Galway food producers. Um, so that's Wednesday and uh, we, have, we have some nice traditional music and entertainment lined up in a pub in Kong Village. And then Thursday morning we have a visit to um, an Irish beef and lamb farmer um, on Thursday morning and then we're going out on Loch Carb for a boat trip to Inchigal Island. Um, 
where we'll be talking to some to archaeologists and um, ecologists on the island and we'll be replicating a theory it's Declan Moore the archaeologist he has a theory that Fulloctophias were used for brewing so he's actually made a Fulloctophia beer and he'll be demonstrating that for the for the chefs and then we are having a beautiful lunch and some demonstrations and meetings with craft people in the wall garden of Ashford Castle. Wow. I'm starting to understand what you meant by challenges <laughs> when you said there were a few challenges. Amazing program, absolutely to die for. And tell me something, I noticed that all of you team members are wearing these absolutely beautiful tweets. Tell me something about the tweet project. Oh yeah, this is I'm actually really excited about this and so proud to be wearing these beautiful Irish fabrics. Um so Ivan McNamara and uh, Trina the um Ivan is the owner of Ordbia restaurant in um Galway which is beautiful and and well-known Galway restaurant. But together with her business partner Trina they also have the tweet project and they make bespoke pieces from natural Irish fabrics. Um and we're actually hosting our speakers this evening for a drink in their atelier and um, they're going to get a chance to see the the Tweed Project collection but the whole Food on the Edge team are wearing Tweed Project pieces for the two days of Food on the Edge as well. Amazing I saw JP is uh, particularly uh, particularly nice to look at actually he looks like a um, Viking, maybe. Yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. You're also involved with uh, Chef Network, and I know that uh, uh, there was a competition as part of uh, the work you're doing with Chef Network. Can you talk to me about it? Yeah, sure. So Chef Network is um, a new network for chefs all across Ireland that um, launched back in February. February, um, And we ran some competitions through Twitter for chefs to uh, get tickets to attend Food on the Edge um, and as part of that the, the, the chefs who won the tickets um, are tweeting on behalf of Food on the Edge or on behalf of Chef Network from the at Chef Network IRL um, account over the two days so um, Monday we have James Devine who works in Dean's Epic um, restaurant in Belfast and um, just recently won National Chef of the Year in the UK um, so he's tweeting Monday and then on Tuesday we have a chef called John Fallon who works in JJ O'Malley's in Westport. Fantastic. Highlights for you? Gee, that's 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 um, that's a tough one. Um, I've I haven't gotten to see so too many of um, of the the talks um, this morning. I popped into Gabrielle Hamilton and I thought that was really interesting. Look, she really addressed a problem that's like seems to be impacting the industry hugely here as well as in the UK and the US, which is the shortage of chefs. And you know, her topic basically was who's who's going to cook dinner. Um, and you know, I thought it was just really insightful that she was talking about you know how many people are out there who have interest in food and all the latest trends in relation to food and follow all the chefs on social media and are all almost groupies for the industry but actually don't necessarily have the passion or the skills or the or the ethic to um to actually be cooks in the industry so I thought that was um really fascinating and something that I'm sure every chef in the room was able to relate to. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks Manuela. You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to Best Possible Taste with me, Manuela Spinelli, standing in for your usual host, Sharon Noonan. 
Tonight's show is all about the recent Food on the Edge symposium that took place in Galway. And so far, we've heard from Head of Operations, Drigin Gaffey. And just before the break, Ruth Egerty shared her insights into the planning of the symposium, being styled by Tweet Project, and lots more. If you missed any of the show so far, it will be up on the podcast later in the week, and you'll find it on Sharon's website, SharonNoonan.com. Or you can subscribe to it free of charge and download it on iTunes or using the podcast app. Still to come tonight, co-founder of the Foodie Forum and GMIT lecturer Jacinta Dalton will explain what goes on behind the scenes in terms of catering at Food on the Edge. And finally, at the end of the program, Chef James Devine will share his highlights from being there on day one. Next, though... I have a short interview recorded by your usual host, Sharon Noonan. When I was talking to Ruth, she told us about the speaker's visit to Kong. So, Sharon caught up with Anna Asset, Director of Food and Beverage at the amazing Ashford Castle, to get more details. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleiter. Aina, the delegates are in for a treat this week. Tell us what they're going to be up to. So basically, uh, we're very lucky that um, Mr. Mr. Tom and our fantastic owners have um, sponsored part of the sponsorship for Food in the Edge this year. So they're coming for a fantastic culinary excursion where we'll be introducing them with an amazing uh, dinner on Wednesday evening um, to about 25 or 28 of amazing, uh, mostly male producers and uh, some others from around Ireland. So they're in, like today here um, in Food in the Edge, they're in for a fantastic culinary delight some amazing um, Kong uh, Food Village uh, service as well for where the whole of Kong is getting together to really um, you know to showcase what we are in Ashford Estate um, they'll be based in the lodge at Ashford Castle uh, which is a fantastic property and you know we're really looking at showcasing the area the, the food you know um, and, our, and our fantastic two chefs uh, Jonathan Kane and Philippe Ferno. Why does Ashford get involved in an event like Food on the Age? Well we feel we're very, very lucky to um, have had such investment from our owners, and, and you know, for such a beautiful, amazing property and hotel that is, you know, up there with the best. We feel that we're, it's such an amazing opportunity to bring the best chefs in the world to one of the greatest estates um, in Ireland. So it's it's it, it's it's natural, um, I suppose. Um, it's a natural um, synergy um, to bring them to us to showcase the estate. They'll also be going out on the fantastic uh, La Carb um, with Pat Luskin, who is a, a fourth generational uh, on in the estate, fourth generational um, boatsman in the estate, uh, captain of, of the Carb um, at the moment, and he's an amazing gentleman. He'll be talking about history. We'll bring them to Inchigal Island. Um, they'll be uh, sampling uh, amazing uh, full of how we used to make beer over full of fields in, in the 1600s. Then they'll be coming back to the castle on, on Thursday for uh, which I cannot uh, divulge but an amazing uh, uh, very um, rustic raw uh, foods experience in our amazing walled garden so that's very exciting so you'll have to come and see that Oh I'd love to and they're so lucky I hope they appreciate the experience and the treats that they're in for I'm sure they will I mean we, it's such a beautiful estate it's such a beautiful village it's, it's 
it's such an amazing um, part of the world uh, and you know with two amazing chefs in, in, in Jonathan and Philippe uh, we're very very lucky and you know we're really going to showcase Mayo uh, for what it is and obviously Galway as well so we're really delighted that you know um, JP and Dragin um, chose us as the culinary excursion and Mr and Mrs uh, Toman are equally delighted and uh, Jonathan um, Raggett our CEO is actually coming over for the event and you know so it's really has a full support of, of, of the Ashford family and Red Carnation as well. Fantastic. Now, as a delegate yourself, tell me what has the highlight been so far for you personally? It's just amazing to, I mean, like even to chat to the likes of David Kinch, uh, this amazing three sandwich and stuff. You're having a coffee with these people, you're interacting with them, and you're just chatting like you're best friends with them. It's just an amazing experience. Um, the talks are just superb. The future food in, in the world is, you know, so important. Um, and listening to, you know, how pe- other people think from like every corner of the globe is just, a, it's an amazing opportunity. Um, when the tickets went on sale last year, I bought, uh, you know, um, a ticket straight away and booked my company. Um, so to, to just to make sure I didn't miss out so it's just a very special event last year was amazing this year is equally amazing you know and you know and I'll be back next year because to, to listen to these chefs to talk to them you know you get a very amazing a very unique opportunity in to actually in, mingle and interact with these people which you, you would never do in any other sort of day of the year so uh, it's a fantastic um, and uh, event um, and JP and Dragoon and the whole food and age team have done amazing bringing this to Galway uh, and it's really great to showcase Ireland and the west of Ireland which you know all the attention unfortunately goes sometimes to other parts of, of Ireland so it's really great to showcase the west and what we have out here Brilliant, listen thanks for talking to me and enjoy the rest of it well, Thank you very much Anna, as always Bon appétit Yummy Grubs up Delicious Mmm So next up we're going to find out about the catering at Food on the Edge. As you can imagine, at a food-related event, there's a huge pressure to have top-quality catering. And at Food on the Edge, Jacinta Dalton, co-founder of the Foodie Forum and lecturer at GMIT, is at the helm of the Artisan Food Village in collaboration with Larousse Foods. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleunter. Hi Jacinta, just wanted to get some feedback from you regarding the Artisan Food Village. How did the project come about? Well, I guess Cormac Handy and I are two lecturers in GMIT and we formed the Foodie Forum a number of years ago along with another colleague and we've been partnering with JP on Food on the Edge since last year and the aim around it is to create an amazing artisan village that uh, allows obviously our visitors and also our Irish visitors uh, as well to connect, network and to taste the wonderful produce that is available and as you can see the, the buzz is wonderful. People have been going around sampling and being fed by produce from all around Ireland. So it's not just produce that's local to Galway, it's produce right from around Ireland. So it's a, I suppose it's really an opportunity for us to showcase to the world the wonderful food that we have available. Absolutely, and it has been a fantastic buzz and there's a, there's been quite a lot going on. Tell me something, how did the project... Uh, grow in comparison from last year Um, did you have a food village last year is it bigger is it different what changed yes so it's certainly bigger we had uh, last year our space was a lot smaller 
and obviously we knew based on the, the numbers and the new location that we had to grow uh, 400 people to try and feed them in a short space of time uh, logistically we had to move things around a little bit to make a little bit of a better flow but also to have more choice of food available as well um, so last year we had 15 producers this year we have 52 producers represented so it has grown significantly and I guess we probably could have fit 152 had we more space because the amount of people that were willing and able to come along was spectacular and I'd like to just take that opportunity in fact to just thank all of the producers who came along because they're giving of their produce for free they're taking time away from their businesses, which in itself is also amazing. And then also uh, working with LaRue's Foods on this project has also been wonderful because they managed to pull a lot of people together that uh, Cormac and I couldn't access immediately. So LaRue's and ourselves together have basically put this together and we're happy with it so far. So I hope everyone else is too. And it's the ultimate uh, networking exercise, isn't it? For sure, for sure, for sure. Tell me something, how are, did you get um, a lot of the students from, I know you teach at GMIT, mm-hmm. were the students involved in the project, how were they involved? Correct. So we have approximately 40 students from GMIT involved over the two days. Um, right here where we're standing now in the, in the cooking area, we have uh, 18 uh, students that have just started off a springboard program. So these are all guys that are very new to cooking, very new to culinary. Uh, the culinary world and where better to start them off other than at Food in the Edge so for them I suppose it's inspirational for them to see what they can achieve some of them are young some of them are more mature and uh, for us it's you know it's something that's really important because I see it as live learning We also have another 20 uh, hotel management students that are involved, but between the village and the the theatre as well, helping out with meeting and greeting and coffees and all of that. So uh, it's better than I could teach them in a classroom, let's put it that way. (laughs) Fantastic. And you're basically starting them off uh, by allowing them to serve food to the likes of Pierre Kaufmann, which leads me to my next question. Um, You are going to interview Pierre Kaufmann tomorrow. What are we... uh, What are we going to expect from your chats with Pierre? Well, I had the opportunity last night to meet with Pierre, which was fantastic. You know, um, Pierre, I suppose, for myself, has always been somebody that I would have revered from afar. And to be asked by JP to have a conversation with him on stage at Food on the Edge has uh, slightly unnerved me, I suppose. But meeting with Pierre last night, uh, we're really going to just have a chat. We're going to talk about a number of things. But to be honest with you, I think we want to keep that a little bit secret uh, because uh, we might have a few little surprises tomorrow in our chat absolutely and having no expectations is always the best attitude i think i agree i agree thank you so much jacinta fantastic thank you Good morning, my name is uh, Colm Lanigan-Ryan, I'm here with uh, LaRousse Foods and we're delighted to be uh, sponsoring the Artisan Village and to be just generally part of the whole Food in the Edge scene because I think, you know, if food is your key business then this is a very important event to be at. So we have a number of our uh, producers that we work very closely with uh, showcasing to both uh, the top chefs of Ireland who are at the Food and the Edge 
and also as well uh, the top international chefs who are speaking and attending uh, Food on the Edge as well here in Galway. It's magnificent to be part of it because um, basically it's the bringing together of everybody who's involved in the industry, not just the chef, not just the, uh, the people involved in food, but the producers that are involved. And it's very important that there's a, a connection between the food producer and the chef who's working in the kitchen. Um, and you know that is the future of food. It's those people. Uh, it's all. It's all about respect in terms of uh, knowing what the what is involved from the food production side of things uh, with the farmer, and then it's also a matter of the farmer and the producer knowing what is involved with the chef. So when they come together and they're talking with each other, um, that's where great ideas come from. That's where innovation comes from, and that's where the future of food comes from. My name is Mag Kerwin from Goats Beach Trout Farm. It's my first time to come to Food on the Edge and the atmosphere, it's just amazing. I really love it. Lots of chefs hanging around from all over the world. Um, you know, we're getting a chance to showcase our products, um, which is very good to get feedback. Um, and I'll certainly be coming next year. My name is Pat Mulcahy, representing Ballywinnan House Farm. We're here in Galway at Food on the Edge, a wonderful occasion for small producers, especially organic producers. Uh, beautiful setting here with maybe 30 or 40 exhibitors who live on the edge by producing food on the edge. Well, you know, lots of cases maybe exotic animals and that. Meeting chefs that we supply on a weekly basis and meeting chefs from, I think there's over 400 chefs from uh, all over the world here that we would hope to sell to eventually. Eva Milka uh, from Gaelic Escargo. Uh, we are Ireland's first snail farm and the only research and development centre for production of uh, snail in Ireland. We are based in Gary Hill in County Carlo and we are here now at this fantastic event in Galway, Food on the Edge. And It's the first year for us. Uh, we missed last year event because we were uh, involved in a snail conference in Athlon. Uh, it's been fantastic so far. Uh, what we are trying to do uh, today is we are trying to educate people in regards to um, snails. Um, as uh, snail meat in general, it's very low in fat, very low in calories. It contains nearly all amino acids needed for the human body, so it's, it's very healthy food. We've met a few um, chefs um, and we got a very positive feedback so far, but still in Ireland, we see snails more like a pest rather than delicacy. So for us, the biggest challenge here now on Food at food on the Edge is to, to, to educate people and to really encourage them to try produce for the first time. Uh, so I'm uh, Mike Thompson um, from Mike's Fancy Cheese uh, up outside uh, Belfast, it's called Newtonards. Uh, we make a raw milk blue cheese called Young Buck. And I've been doing it now for about three years. Um, we're enjoying our first time down at Food on the Edge. Um, it's cool to come down and sort of be able to showcase your product, meet chefs from all over the world and stuff like that. We were out drinking with a couple of guys from Chicago last night. So, you know, you sort of spend so much time in your cheese room perfecting your cheese. Uh, so it's nice to get out and sort of see what people are doing with it and just sort of see what's happening with food in general. You know, you can get sort of quite bogged down in your own product. So it's nice to sort of see what the sort of up and coming trends are, how people are sort of thinking in terms of like ethically sourcing foods. Um, so it's just a really cool thing to be part of. Um, and yeah, just enjoying Galway and the sunshine. Hi, I'm Sharon Green from the Wild Irish Foragers. Uh, we forage at home on our own family farm. We make wild syrups, shrubs, 
fruit cheeses, anything that was made in Ireland 100 plus years ago. And we're here at Food on the Edge with LaRue's Foods, who are our distributors to the restaurants and chefs in the country, and finding it a great opportunity to meet the people who use our products. It's a great way to, to meet in person and get to know them. Because when you're dealing with through LaRue's, this is a great way of being able to meet these people in person and talk about how they use our products. And um, we're meeting lots of chefs today and we're enjoying every minute of it. Hi, my name is Fingal Ferguson. I'm from Gabine, which is our farm in Skull in West Cork. Um, this is our second year at the Food on the Edge. Um, really so happy to be invited up to be part of this. There's always something wonderful getting food producers and chefs together in, in one place. Um, it's wonderful to kind of meet each other. It's very rare that we get out of our cold rooms and our kitchens, but getting everybody in one place. And um, we've brought our wares up, our cheeses and our salamis to, to just, I suppose, be part of the group of people and, um, and just the conviviality that is Food on the Edge and be part of it all. You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102FM. Welcome back to the best possible taste with me, Manuela Spinelli, standing in for your usual host, Sharon Noonan. So far on the show this evening, we've heard from Trigging Gaffey, Ruth Hegarty, your usual host, Sharon Noonan, was talking to Anna Asset from Ashford Castle. And just before the break, we were tantalized by the food offerings in the Artisan Food Village. If you missed any of the show so far, it will be up on the podcast later in the week. And you'll find it on Sharon's website, SharonNoonan.com. Or you can subscribe to it free of charge and download it on iTunes or using the podcast app. My next guest is going to give us an insight into what it was like to be a delegate at Food on the Edge. James Devine is an award-winning chef at the Michelin star Dean Epic in Belfast. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. James, you've just uh, won National Chef of the Year competition. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, I'd be very happy to. So the competition runs year to year. Um, it starts pretty early on. I think the process started almost early in March. It's quite a long process with uh, first round is a, a paper judging round. Then there's a semi-final stage and then there's the finals and that takes place in the Olympia Arena in London. The judges, there might be there's 32 plus judges at one time. The final consisted of 10 contestants. It was whittled down from I think 142 entries. Which was, which was nice that, uh, to get the whole way to the final and then ultimately become the winner. It was a very rewarding competition at all stages. It was very well run, very well organised. Obviously the judges are the type of guys that you see on TV, you have their cookbooks, you eat in their restaurants, they're like gods in their own kitchen and there'd be gods in anybody's kitchen. So you had like, so Claude Bossy, who's here today, was one of the head judges, Claire Smith, three-star Michelin chef, you sat beans, uh, Daniel Clifford, to name a few, you had them all right on top of you, it was quite a, a cauldron, uh, a pressure cooker, I myself thrive and enjoy that, kind of like no one scenario. You like the pressure? I, I do, I do genuinely like that pressure. It was obviously very sweet, I was the only Irish finalist, I was the f- only Irish person ever win this competition and the first, I think, person to win it on the first try in maybe 15 years. So those we 
without them things it still would be very special but to win it with those little wee extras it was just amazing it was, it's been amazing ever since the next year with all the prizes holds a lot of opportunities and a lot of uh, there's stages and trips I get to go to Switzerland I get to go to Paris and so the future is very bright and very nice fantastic what, a, what an amazing opportunity so what won them over was there a specific dish that won them over talk to me about it so we all are set a brief. We are given a box of ingredients. We have to then formulate our own menu. My three courses were all very simple, very tasty, and I think that's what paid off. I done a roast chicken and uh, butternut squash soup essentially for a starter. I done a roast beef with some pre lentils for me and a chocolate fondant tart for dessert. I think what the judges liked was that everything was just quite well seasoned. was was nice. was tasty. was warm. That was game plan that I came in and I thought what would you like to eat if you are one of these judges and obviously they don't want to see something that they've done in their own restaurants and I'm never going to be a three star Michelin chef so don't try <laughs> because you're feeling a three star Michelin chef just try and feed them something that you know you can do very well, you know you can do it under pressure and something that if you add one mouthful you need to have another two or three and it was very evident you could tell no judge was satisfied with just one mouthful so once I think after one hour and I saw my first starter and I saw them kept coming back at that point I was like I think I'm going to win this because they've kind of fallen into my trap <laughs> which was nice <laughs> not that I duped them <laughs> but it was uh, it was very it was very very rewarding and it was nice that when you just cook something honest and something that's true to yourself and that people actually like it Fantastic. So simplicity was was the key yeah, in your menu I'm really I'm a simple guy yes. oh, that's, that's fantastic <laughs> you work in Epic. You yes. work with uh, Chef Danny Barry. I do. Did she mentor you? Did she have a lot of influence on your dishes? Um, yeah, well, I was, I'm very, very lucky to work with Danny. And it's nice that we've been friends for maybe almost eight years now. And it's lovely that to work with somebody who you've almost seen grow. And we both were chef to parties, I think, when we met. And the minute I met Danny, I knew that this is the best chef in Ireland and possibly the UK in the making. It was only a matter of time. In my opinion, she always was a star. It was just nice that she was rewarded one eventually. So, and she was an absolute rock during the whole competition. But what was very nice about her, sometimes these competitions, and maybe I'd been guilty in the past, when you're mentoring somebody, you almost enforce your ideas on them. But she took a step back. She would guide me and give me any feedback. But... All the dishes were of my own creation and it was very good of her to look at that chain through. It was obviously, you're representing Dean's a pig. So there is maybe a pressure on her that, well, this has to be good because Dean's a pig might look rubbish and we, we can't have that. But no, she was a rock. And Michael as well, obviously, was very, very supportive. So I'm very grateful to both of them. And, uh, you know, we talk a lot, particularly here at Food on the Edge, we talk a lot about sustainability. We talk a lot about local produce, did the idea of using local influence your menu, did you base it on local Irish produce? Well unfortunately <laughs> we had to use local English produce okay. uh, based on the competition rules uh, but obviously in the preparation for the competition I was very fortunate I would use all local Irish based produce and in the restaurant we would practice and preach that every day everyone's like local and within the island of Ireland where possible what is it like working with Danny working with Danny working with Danny is amazing every day 
is a school day. Essentially, it's a, it's a lovely kitchen to work in. It's a very small team. There's only three chefs, so myself, Danny, and one more. It's a, it's a very relaxed atmosphere. It's very controlled. Everybody is given a clear objective of what they have to do to make the machine function. And we all try and carry that out. We support each other. And it's nice. It's a very, it's a, it's a lovely environment to work in. And as a, as a, as a young chef, what, what do you think is your future? Are you one of these people who, um, I call them nomadic chefs, you know, who goes from one restaurant to the other and tries to do stages here and there to try and learn more? Uh, or are you somebody whose dream is to open his own restaurant in the future? Yeah, well, I probably could be accused of being nomadic, certainly in the past, and I think most chefs do move around for one reason or another. I have always uh, pushed my ambitions to be that eventually I would own my own restaurant or bistro or whatever it would be, I just like to own my own business, and that's still very much the forefront of my goals, and I think hopefully in the next, maybe... In the next year, I plan to take those steps and pursue my own venue, whatever that will be. It's to be determined, whether it's a food truck or whether it's a restaurant. I'm not quite sure, but I think everybody likes to do their own thing. I love the idea of being my own boss. So, yes. Excellent. And you're here at Food, of, Food on the Edge because you won another competition, which is with uh, Chef's Network. Yes. Uh, I know you've been tweeting on behalf of Chef's Network. Uh, it must be, again, another amazing opportunity to listen to some great speakers. Anybody in particular that uh, you were interested in or that surprised you? Um, yes, well, there's been, obviously, there's been, I think every speaker today has been a great speaker. In particular, I really liked uh, Justin, I don't, I'm probably going to say his name wrong, Justin Lebeau, or Lebeau, sorry. <laughs> uh, I thought he was brilliant. He was very... What I like to hear from chefs is when they expressed that humane side and he talked about making his staff work a four day week rather than the usual five and, he, and put the nail very well in the head when he said after five days work the only thing to do is to go to the bar and then you're that <laughs> you have that much of a good time as such your, your day after is wasted and then before you know it your whole week's in and that has a knock on effect and it was lovely to hear that I just thought everything he said was very insightful and it's, it's nice when you hear guys of that calibre prioritizing that work-life balance because I think a lot of chefs when they get to a certain level they just forget it that we are we're people as well and we like to have fun and we like to have a good time and it doesn't mean we're lazy you want <laughs> <laughs> anybody else in particular that uh, well I really enjoyed Nathan Outlaw as well but I'm a big Nathan Outlaw fan I've always had a bit of a man crush on him <laughs> so, and I'm really looking forward to hearing Claude Bossy also so yes, there's been a, a smorgasbord of uh, good people to listen to. And uh, Douglas from Silo in, I think it's Brighton. I really liked it. Is, his, yeah. uh, like that's a really trendy idea, very unique. That's uh, zero, zero waste. That's, that's awesome. I wouldn't even know where to begin pursuing that. So for, and even when you hear it, has struggled getting, from, you know, implementing that and then carrying it on. And some of the stuff making this plates from like paper bag or yeah. plastic bags like it's just it's incredible to think what you can yeah. you can use so yeah that was that was very, I really can't wait to visit that restaurant yeah I uh, yeah <laughs> extremely interesting actually I, I agree with you um, 
how important do you think it is to attend events like this and network and meet people? Th these events are hugely important. I think obviously there's networking and meeting people and they're like all uh, that's, that's the buzzwords what you would say but sometimes I think we just have to remember how fortunate we are as chefs that we do hold these kind of forms. If you were like we're just tradesmen but there's no such thing as a joiner or a builder or a plumber of the year convention and we don't we're, we're probably the only tradesmen that celebrated to this extent and it's nice that we can do these things and I've never been to Galway I had an excuse now to come to Galway I got to eat in a restaurant last night, Kai, which was lovely, which I wouldn't have got to do otherwise. So for that reason, that's why I think they're important. Like we, we do stuff, we celebrate our industry, we celebrate each other, and that's like, that's very special. And you learn. There's always something to learn, which is Obviously, amazing. Obviously, every day is a school day. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to us. No worries, you're very welcome. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleiter. That brings us to the end of tonight's show, which was produced by your usual host, Sharon Noonan. Thanks to everyone at Food on the Edge and all of tonight's guests, Drigine Gaffey, Ruth Egerty, Anna Asset, Jacinta Dalton and James Devine. And thank you for tuning in. Sharon returns next week. So until then, buon appetito. Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book, or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. Bon appétit!